This call is being recorded. Oh, oh look at you. Here. Got it down on. No, I clicked the button on the website because I can't remember. The button prompt because I can't remember anything. Um, mine like it says. So I suppose we should take this opportunity to introduce ourselves to this is a new podcasting venture with two working moms who are currently on their lunch break. <laughs> you know it. The and only hour we actually have time. to ourselves. <laughs> Listen. And the time that I spend sitting outside of daycare or whatever waiting to pick them up, sometimes I get that time all to myself. Um, my name is Annette. I have two I kids. Um, how many kids you got? I have one, uh, and I'm staying with that. <laughs> right. We have uh, and we have Angelique. We got a one and done, and we have a two and question mark. I don't know. Um, so let's just briefly go over our sort of our background so people listening, if they're so inclined, can have a better idea of our context and, and framework. So like I said, my name is Annette. I am in my early 30s. I have two toddlers. I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. To be fair, a four-year-old is kind of not really a toddler anymore, but I'm having a hard time making that transition in the way that I think about him. So I have a son and a daughter. Um, I live near Philly. I was raised there. Um, I was born there. I am black. I have a white spouse. We have been together for uh, going on 16 years. Um, so to answer the question, yes, we met early. We met online before that was a thing. Um, we basically grew up together. We still live in the area. Um, we're about, we're, we're in a different country than his family and my, my family lives, I guess, relatively close. Um, this is like, yeah, this is like the elevator pitch from hell. It's hard to figure out what parts <laughs> of you are relevant um, to to your understanding of the, the world. Um, went to a predominantly white institution for college. Um, went to a predominantly white law school. Um, currently in a public health program that is also predominantly white. Um, I went to predominantly white elementary school and went to a predominantly black high school. So I, you know, I was raised in a black city around a lot of white people, ended up um, marrying a white person. Uh, that does not mean that my views are trash. It means that they're nuanced. <laughs> I don't want anybody coming for me because I got a white spouse. Um, <laughs> my spouse is, is a lovely person and um, has been with me through my development and my, my awareness of critical race theory and how it applies to me. He's been with me as I grew from a baby feminist into a womanist. Um, I've never had a problem with him. He does not have any relatives who call the names on my back. I, 
He has never questioned why I hold the views that I do. He has never said anything remotely suspect. So in my book, he's fine and doesn't really, I, I don't really feel any type of way about him not being a person of color. Although full disclosure, were, you know, if current day me was looking for a partner, would they be looking for a white partner? Probably not necessarily, but I wasn't, that wasn't part of the qualification process of <laughs> that we met. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, I, I am the breadwinner. I am juggling the two kids and, you know, being present in their lives, going to school. I also have a dog. Um, she is a corgi and running, running the household, working, being present, uh, working on my marriage, working on my friend relationship. Um, I have a lot of anxiety and a sprinkling of depression. So I'm dealing with that. I wasn't diagnosed until I was an adult. There's that. I also have um, an endocrine disorder, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I have both primary and secondary infertility, which is why I said question mark, because you never know. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually gotten the opportunity to choose when I had either of my children. I just had to start trying and roll the dice and hope for the best. Um, so to me, that, that also reflects on why I might, I, sometimes have an attitude when people are talking about how fertile they are. It does make my, make my ass itch. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it's something that I am working on, but the reality is, is like some, we all have privileges and unfortunately in, the, in this world, well, in a U.S. centric uh, view that I have because I live in the United States, um, I did not have insurance coverage that even covered infertility testing until I was 28, 27, 28. Um, so as a result, fertility, like natural fertility or the ability to have assistance, like, you know, artificial reproduction technology assistance is a privilege in this country. Um, one that I was thankfully able to eventually access, but I wish that people were more thoughtful about that sort of thing instead of, you know, very casually dropping it in the conversation similar to, you know, this gold is so heavy. There's <laughs> so many things I have to consider now. Um, so so if you see me in a mommy group and I have an attitude, it might be about <laughs> it might be about it might be about casual racism too. I don't know. Um, yeah, like like every Halloween, the post about like I want my kid to be, you know, whatever racist caricature of the day, and and having you know trying to make the mental decision about should I spend the effort to explain why that's fucked up, or should I just leave this group? And I usually leave. Um, I am conflict avoidant usually. Um, True. I'm suspicious You're of You're better people. about that. <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to air my grievances with myself. No. Um, I work on myself a lot. I am a former only child. I was an only child until I was 16. 
And so I spend a lot of time, I spent a lot of time and spend a lot of time with my thoughts. And so I am the queen of self-help books. I'm currently enrolled in a course about developing confidence and self-esteem. That is just who I am. And that is what I do. If you need books and sources on things, I do that. Um, that's how I approach the world. That's how I think. I think I own every goddamn book ever published on potty training. Um, because I feel like it makes, it makes me feel empowered to have information. Okay. So <laughs> in a, in a large nutshell, who I am. Um, and now let's just kick the ball over to Angelique. Angelique, tell everybody who you are and what you're about. Go. Oh my God. Um, well, I feel like no you were so thorough that I'm like, damn. Um, also, there were so many uh, qualities that we share. That <laughs> I'm like, oh, girl, yeah, tell me more about that, that anxiety. Um, but <laughs> I will, I'm, I'll jump into it. So, as Annette said, I'm Angelique. Um, I am on in my late 30s. Um, I am a mom of one. Uh, we are a one-and-done family. Um, uh, she is five uh, and just started kindergarten. So we're encountering a, a new um, phase in our lives, a new era. Um, and, and I feel like I've been training for this. So, um, like, everything up to this has been, like, the training because um, a, a lot of decisions that we've made in the last three years have been specifically so that um, we can be more present and active in uh, our daughter's uh, educational um, kind of development and um, relationships. Um, so I, I'm talking a lot about a lot of we's, so I guess I should get into the who the we is then. Um, I uh, my I am married. Um, my husband is also white. Um, he is in his late forties. Uh, we actually met when I was nineteen, and he was thirty. And I know that usually, to a bunch of people, are like, "Oh my God, that dude went out and found a young, impressionable young lady that he could influence into his way of life," which is exactly the opposite of that. Um, uh, my husband is uh, smart, funny, kind, thoughtful, um, just. A really, um, I think my partner in every single way. And I knew when I met him, I was actually dating mm -hmm. someone else that that was the type of individual that I wanted uh, in my life for the long term. So we started out um, just as a as a casual thing, and we developed over the years into um, obviously the family that we are today. Um, he, uh, let's see, we we've. Uh, We've had our ups and downs. Uh, we've we've worked through them. I think when we you have kids, um, things about your relationship change, and then you start figuring out how you you are both a husband and a wife, or a, a spouse and a and a spouse or a partner or whatever vernacular you have for it, and uh, and how that's separate and different from being a, a parent. Because I think sometimes those identities meld, and we've been flushing it out over the last couple of years. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I had a lot of great opportunities to travel around and expand my worldview from the, you know, the, the young girl growing up on the south side of Chicago and the all-black ethnic enclave, which was really formative to my experiences and my, my worldview. Um, and then I, you know, luckily had the, the 
also opportunity to add on to that as I, you know, traveled the world. Now, um, furthest thing than, than uh, that I ever thought could have occurred, we're here in West Central Indiana, um, where, uh, where black people are a very visible minority, um, but it's a, it's a, a community that, um, oddly enough, um, seems to embrace that, um, the, the differences, and I think it's, it's, uh, probably part and parcel of being a college town. Um, as far as, uh, career, um, on, on, unlike Annette, um, I, I am no longer the, the, the breadwinner in our household. My husband is that, um, we had a kind of a couple, competitive couple of years where we traded back and forth, but, um, as a, Post my parenthood, um, one of the things that I had really felt like I missed, uh, or one of the things I felt like I missed out on growing up was having kind of a, a more, um, a, a dedicated presence um, for um, me growing up because I was like one of those little weird odd kids um, initially. So um, I said, Mike, you go do your thing as long as we can still pay for our house and stuff, and then I can spend most of my time doing the, the Ella thing, which makes me really happy, um, which uh, I never would have guessed uh, would have been uh, a thing for me. I thought I would just make a lot of money, and my husband could be like a house husband, and he'd be like really cute and work out all day, and uh, he would take our kid back and forth to school. That did not happen that way at all. Um uh, I've had years and years of therapy, um, so I think I'm generally in touch with my issues. I'm really forthcoming about them. Um, I'm working a little bit. Um, Annette and I have been working on our vulnerabilities, and, and so for me, um, being open about um, kind of my need for perfection, which uh, can be hard for me to live with as well as hard for the people around me to live with, um, and so I'm learning to open myself up to not being this like very rigid individual with uh, rigid ideas about how I, who I need to be. Um, I've never been that for other people, um, but I certainly hold myself to like a different standard and get really disappointed when those things don't happen. And so um, I, I think I want to be a better role model for accepting imperfection, um, which is uh, something that I never would have even considered had I not been a parent. Um, I would have just continued on in my own type A personality, being a rude, blunt individual um, who, you know, would read people at a moment's notice. So I will still do that. Um, but uh, it, now, I have a little bit more patience for the flaws of other individuals uh, as well as because I have more patience for the flaws in myself. So, um, yeah, so I think that's my introduction. Um, life is so far has been an interesting adventure. Um, some of it's been what I expected and some of it has not. Um, I think, you know, being able to have the, these conversations that I've had over the last couple of years with Annette has, uh, I think produced a lot of depth and nuance in my own worldview, and I think it it would be uh, it's something that um, I think other people are thinking about but not talking about, and it's something that um, we kind of jointly agree that are things we should share with others. So, um, Annette, 
back to you. <laughs> oh, just kick the ball back. Um, I will say that Angelique yeah. has functioned as a role model for me in many ways. But um, one of the things that I find the most um, touching, and the other thing, okay, so additional background. Uh, my parents were, they were together for 27 years, married for three, um, three of those, divorced, um, got back together, miserable, um, uh, classic kind of like um, narcissist situation happening. Um, so not, no real role models to speak of in terms of how a, a marriage is intended to function or how to um, fix conflict and all that. Like, I know how to fight. I don't know how to fix anything. <laughs> I don't know how to... <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to accept the imperfections of others. I don't know how to, I don't know how to be kind to myself. I, that's a skill that I'm learning now, but I never learned how to be kind to myself when I, when I make a mistake. And so I found myself using that, that really hypercritical inner voice that I have for me on other people. And it was super fucked up. And, um, uh -huh. A, a, a great way to build nothing but resentment in a, in a relationship. And so for, for me, Angelique, and I told her this and she like, she was going to lunch with, with her husband. And I told her, I told her that I wouldn't have a marriage if it wasn't for her. And she was like, what? <laughs> and, but the reality is, the reality is when you put like two kind of like hard headed, stubborn people together where, you know, my husband, also doesn't have i mean his his parents are still together but they're not very expressive they don't talk about their relationship they, they didn't do it in front of him and they don't seem to do it on their own but you know that's just my observation but um he didn't come into the world of dating and relationships having a sense of how to deal with conflict either so we both do the same dumb thing where it's like Oh, we get into a fight. Well, well, I'm mad because you did this thing. And then you're mad because I did this thing. And then we're both too stubborn to admit that we both did something that hurt the other one, even if we don't think that we're wrong. And so we're just going to be mad and say like, well, I'm not going to apologize until they apologize. If ever there was like something that, that embodies mm -hmm. my understanding of how a relationship works, it's I'm not going to apologize until you apologize. And then it, even if I hurt you with what I said or what I did, you're not as hurt as me. And so, therefore, I don't need to apologize. So, super fucked up dynamic. And it was under, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not going to work in the long term. It's certainly not going to work with adding additional people to that home. So, super bad. Um, and, Angelique, <laughs> uh, like, tutelage on this matter is what led me to speak you know, couples and individual therapy is what led me to seek out, you know, resources, books and blogs and things like that to try and find a way to come come to to a middle ground, come to an understanding of how my actions affect other people and learning how not to take everything personally because the other thing I have, part of anxiety, part of my anxiety, part of the way my anxiety is set up is that I take things super personally. Um, you know, if if my husband forgets to, 
I don't know, he forgets to do a thing that I asked him to do and we had talked about him doing it and I reminded him and he still doesn't do it. My knee-jerk reaction is to think that that is a direct reflection of his feelings for me. And so then I get it all in my feelings because I feel like disrespected or I feel like you don't really care about me. And so that's what the cycle was. And now imagine that with all of the daily chores that you have when you have a newborn, that's what was happening. So it was just, the wheels were coming off. And I feel like, you know, Angelique is the, the, you know, big sister that I never had. Like she is the, the close friend that I never had. Keep in mind, like Angelique and I have never met in person. <laughs> it seems ridiculous because I've met other friends that I've met in mom groups and stuff in, in person already. But Angelique is the one that I have, like, that is my ultimate. Like, I want to meet Angelique. I want to live in her house. Like, I want to live next door to her. Um, but we haven't met yet. But to have somebody so so important um, to the way that my life functions now um, is, is it's a lot. Um, and so I tell Angelique all the time, like, I'm her biggest fan. Like, she is one of my favorite people. Um, I do say she loves to save people. And as a result, attracts a lot of screwed up people, and I'm pointing to myself, attracts a lot of screwed up people into her aura, which can be very exhausting and draining. Um, you know, empaths, like, the struggle is real. Um yeah. So, you know, but I, I'm grateful every day that Angelique took me under her wing um, and that I wasn't too much all the time. Sometimes I can be oh, a lot. And no, so, no. Okay. But So I just have to say, interject two things, okay? One, I gave you the encouragement to continue working on your marriage. You did the work. So that's, so I, I can only take like a quarter credit. Um, you did all the hard stuff. Two, I was going to stalk you until you became my friend regardless. So this was not like an instance of me like looking for a stray puppy, which does happen. I admit, I attract yeah. <laughs> some, some emotionally needy uh, uh, individuals, but this was not the case because um, one thing that, uh, you know, in, in getting to know Annette, she was emotionally a island, and I didn't feel like she needed me. I am happy to learn that I have become someone to her that she feels like she can count on, though. Um, and so I felt like when I reached out to Annette and made overtures of friendship that I was reaching out, and I still feel this way to my peer, to my equal, to someone who would teach me things about myself too. And she has because, hey, two years ago, I would never admit that I need people to need me, um, not to myself, not to my husband, really not to my therapist. And look, I pay a lot of money for therapy and we had not gotten to that particular breakthrough. So, um, but it was in having a friend who, was uh, as unrelentingly honest and, but careful um, in, in expressing these things was I finally able to admit that to myself. And I do think my relationships um, outside of you and, um, 
have become better because of that. So um, it, I think we we have some give, um, and and certainly we benefit each other, and we become better because we know each other every day. So don't don't be like, oh, she needed some more projects. That is not true. <laughs> I did not say that. I just said you have a habit of attracting people who are very needy, which is true, and I can be that. And was that when you found? But this is, I had I, like I admired you from afar, and I thought like she's too cool for me, so I'm not going to talk to her. There were a lot of people like that um, in the the mom group. We met in an online mom group, and so there were a lot of people like that who I had seen kind of. And the one thing that always jumped out to me about uh, about you and your your comments, they would always be like, they were written like an an essay format, and there would be like <laughs> paragraphs and numbers and stuff. And but you were always so so kind. And, and there's only a few people in my my life who sort of like effuse that level of respect and kindness for everybody's view, even when it's really fucking dumb. And like you would always you know, you made me better about the way that I express myself instead of just cutting people off, but trying to lead them into an understanding. And more than speaking directly to the person who's like being really fucking ignorant and ridiculous, you're talking to all the other moms who are kind of watching this happen silently and seeing that, you know, affect change. And I'm speaking specifically about things about, you know, gender identification and sexuality and race. Oh my gosh, so much of race stuff. <laughs> and um, I kind of found myself adopting this methodology of laying out the whole argument instead of just being like, you are a waste of skin and I'm, not, I'm just gonna block you. It would be like laying out why what you're saying is, is wrong acknowledging that you might have experiences that lead you to think that this is a, a this is an okay thing to say or an okay thing to feel or express in a public forum but here's why it's not and like breaking it down and yeah even being snarky about it for some reason like when people feel validated they don't perceive it and i would get like thank you messages from people who i had basically eviscerated in the comments but because i had oh done my it god in old in a kind fashion, they were like, oh, that's such a good point. Um, so it really helped me step my game up, step my engagement up. And those are skills that I apply when I'm dealing with my kids, you know? Like acknowledging Girl, I the just feeling. remember <laughs> that I remember those posts because I remember I would sideline you like, did she thank you for telling her she's dumb? I'm like, why, how? <laughs> that was always my favorite part. I'm like, you are so masterful at constructing this argument right now that they are thanking you for telling them no. And I was <laughs> like, that is that is a highly skilled individual. <laughs> I I was learning from I was learning from the master and her paragraphs and bullet points. <laughs> oh, I I am a fan of a put in a double space. <laughs> On the, on the when I, I see that, it... I, I can't even remember the first first time I saw because I was sidebarring with somebody else about what was going on because it was like a mess. It might have been the Halloween. It might have been one of the Halloween posts. Um, somebody or a TC post. 
because in these groups, when they, when they they love a TP theme thing, they love a cowboys and Indians. They love a why can't I just dress up like whatever caricature I want? And I remember I I saw the uh, long form comics, and I'm like, oh, they don't piss Angelique off. <laughs> Here come the yeah, that's how you knew I was actually very angry because it would definitely go into a here is this essay. Let us have an actual discussion now. Yes, that was hilarious. Yeah, no, was I'm glad I don't have to do that. Let them have it. Yeah, I mean, I, sometimes I kind of miss I miss flexing those muscles. I kind of, but I don't really want to be in a space anymore where I have to fight about the basic humanity of myself or my kids. So, Correct. I'm, just, I'm cool. Also, you have left out that. Let's see. Did you mention? That you are now in a a, a a master's program and et cetera and did. did you mention that I did I did I oh. did um, oh. that I'm okay. in a public health so program like, it it is also like kind of predominantly well the school is predominantly like the 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 particular uh, class that I'm in is like it's a decent mix there's a lot of women of color in there yeah I'm like wait a minute because you're still flexing those skills. And you are doing it towards yeah, the benefit is, yeah, of an additional group of people. Oh, that is true. I did. They, whenever there's a discussion board, yes, sometimes I do have to use those skills. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad it's outside of a closed little internet forum because these are the skills that you're going to take out into the world and dictate policy and change and like real difference for individuals who look like us one can only hope i i went in with the hopes of doing um maternal child health policy um you know the disproportionate rates like like maternal morbidity and mortality for women of color and more specifically black women let's be specific here it's like fact of fact black women have the highest rates for um, maternal morbidity and mortality in the united states and i know Anytime you ask a group of black women who have had children, what their experience, what their experiences have been, they're, <laughs> they're problematic. Um, there's a lot of low key and high key racism embedded in the medical services delivery model. Um, and we need to zealously advocate for ourselves. But more importantly, like mm -hmm. the system needs to change. Um, the providers need to change, and you know the question is how how do we do that? And I thought one particular path that could be taken would be through policy. Read also money. Um, you know, you go where the money is. You go where people are putting money into quote unquote improving outcomes because a lot of um, reimbursement for medical services is sort of grounded in this theory of we don't want people you know we don't want to pay for the number of visits we want to pay for good outcomes we want to pay for you know things that are working and so there's more and more money being poured into studying service delivery models and how you know how can you get the most bang for your buck and so i figured and at the time i was i was working on the uh, health insurance side and i was starting to see things like that programs and, and studies and all of that and so i thought Oh, well, if you go where the money is, maybe you can actually affect 
a change. And so I thought going into public health would be mm -hmm. a way to because I I'm not cut out to be a medical provider. Like I'm really bad at math. Like mm -hmm. tragic. Um, that's not my path. That's not my calling in life. Is not to be a doctor, or a nurse, or medic, med tech, the pharmaceutical person. Nothing. Like I just don't have that skill level at all in any of the things that I would need to have in order to do those things. So I thought maybe policy work would be more of what my calling is and it's more in line with what my existing background and interests are. So here I am about a year from finishing um, on top of working a full-time job and having two kids and a husband and a dog um, and trying to maintain friendships, trying to, oh, uh, working on, working on my fitness. Um, I was supposed to be working on writing, but I have not, full stop, haven't done it all year. I thought mm -hmm. I was going on, and then I didn't. Um, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. <laughs> no. Well, you have had a substantial is. number of things going on, and you have been killing all the goals that you had and an opportunity to, to start on. So I'm like trying to do 50,000 goals at one time. I, I think you were right to right. break it out. It was too, too many things. Um, oh, Angelique mm -hmm. over here, um, a, a poet, uh, like a published poet and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> because now I have a little bit more time. That's, 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 that's great on the, on the old self-esteem. No, um, actually she's a role model for me with regard to that because she dedicated herself to the goal of writing more and getting out there and publishing and like she's actually doing doing the whole thing I'm like boggled oh. boggled oh and well, then the whole you, you know move the giant move the switching career the switching job like you know just killing it I'm looking for jobs over there shoot I'm like Angelique uh, they would take love me under your wing have you out here <laughs> No, they would like this community was so love to have Annette here. Like she is exactly the person that we are. They are literally putting together an attraction campaign to pull people to this community, and basically it's just like yo, I'm attracted in a whisper. <laughs> I I'm attracted. I just haven't found anything yet. Um, Hook me up That's... when you can. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will do that. Like, I've been so serious. I'm like, I'm looking for houses. They're like three people I've been trying to get to move to this community. Uh, and I'm like, it I sounds, feel like. It, it, I mean, to be completely frank, it sounds like it's like one of those get out scams. Like, I'm still not certain how the place that you live is real. Um, but, Okay. I'm rolling with it now. The first year was just me being freaked out every time somebody called me ma'am or held a door for me. I was like, white people hold doors for black women? Where is this? <laughs> I was so shocked sure the first time that happened to me. Remember I called you? <laughs> yes, yes. Because, like, where do they do that at? Like, why is it happening? I'm like, are you just. So you no can hit me. Am I walking in front of you so you can hit me in the head and snatch my body? Like, what's happening? Um, but I did realize, sure? I was like, <laughs> no, but look, I'm going with it. This is like the, the least stressed out I've been in years. I'm, uh, <laughs> so. That's true. Quality of life is very important. We do, we do talk, we talk about quality of life a lot and wanting to, not only for ourselves, but for our 
kids and like that I'm really pleased that this is not a get out scam and y'all are really thriving and everything. And I'm jelly and I want to live there too. I want somebody to hold the door for me. (laughs) Like I want doors held. Look, you little little white children in their teens will call you ma'am. It's like weird. I'm like, wow, this is this is how the other half lives, huh? <laughs> so, we could be oh, here. Like, I am going to. I promise, we're you are going to. We're gonna have like rockers next to each other one day. Is it? It's going to happen. I would love oh to. Let, I can't wait until you have like a Swiss chalet or something in like in the Alps and. Like, you do all your writing there, and then I can just, like, sit there and doodle and pretend to write. Like, whenever you become independently wealthy, please call me. <laughs> okay, because you know I will, poets. I, I will run around with all the money. <laughs> I will watch your dog. I will watch your child. Just just, just get me an in-law suite, and I'll just live. And, and Look, I think we know... I'm not gonna have that Angel uh uh that that Maya Angelou money. That's just not that's not gonna happen. Uh, I, I'm like, I mean, you got a lot of time left to get to Maya Angelou. I mean, so okay. I'm putting my money on Maya Angelou money, and that's why I'm like, never Look, just just you know, don't forget, I'm still over here. Okay, person who will be dictating policy and, and probably going to meet with the next administration in the White House. <laughs> Ain't no money. We, I think we, we have well, we have well established. I may be in my early thirties, but we have uh, well established that the path that I'm going to take is one that is going to be fairly impoverished. Um, <laughs> I think at the end of this education, I think I hold student loans in the amount of um, I'm somewhere in spitting distance of three hundred thousand dollars, and that is not an amount of money that I think I will be making annually for probably the entirety of my life. Um, so I'll mm. be paying these the rest of my life, um, broke as a joke while I do it. And then, you know, so it's unfathomable. But the rea- reality of the situation is um, I had scholarships and stuff, but I had to pay mm-hmm. um, for room and board for one. So I came out of undergrad with 40 grand in debt, and that was for room and board because I could not live with my, my parents. I mean, I could have if I would have liked to break my spirit. Um, mm. it's just like it's a very toxic environment, and so you're placed in a position of you have to decide: do you take that hit financially, or do you take that hit to your mental health? And so, even though I think uh, 18 year old through 21 year old me was a foolish person, I do appreciate that choice that I made back then because I think it was ultimately the right one. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, those loans were through Sally Mae, and unfortunately, the interest rate is bananas. Um, I think by the time I was mm-hmm. done with law school, that 40 had doubled, and it's probably doubled again already. Um, law school was a similar situation where I was I was um, taking out loans for uh, room and board because you can't work. You can only work 20 hours a week, and I didn't even have that. Um, and then this one, I'm just taking out the amount for the schooling. I get some reimbursement um, for my job, but not much. It's like a fraction. I think it's about a quarter of what it cost me per semester I can get back. Um, so, I mean, 
you know, I don't come from money. I don't come from folks who have college degrees. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was an expectation that I was going to go to college with no guidance. And they kept raising the, uh, they they raised the tuition price on me. I remember Mm. I was going into my sophomore year and they raised the tuition price. And that's when I had to take out those Sally Mae loans. Um, It went from covering just room and board to covering part of the tuition too. So like, and then when I came out of law school, I was unemployed for two years. So that was fun and really good for my self-esteem. It was unfathomable. I graduated law school with like, um, 1800 hours, 1800 volunteer hours and internship hours and couldn't get a job because the bottom had fallen out of the market. And the Mm. irony is like that is that basically created this lost generation. There's lots of people. Um, and if you were like me and you couldn't, but you couldn't find anything, like I can't get a firm job, even if I wanted one, um, which I don't because I can't do the hours that I have two kids. Like I like, leaving at four o'clock like that's what i do um and that's not the way those jobs are set up so the jobs that would pay me the most don't want me a because i have kids b because i don't have that experience that other people that i graduated with might like that missing two years of having like direct legal services delivery experience Mm -hmm. makes a makes a difference um and then you know so I guess, the, the, you know, I can be bitter about it or I can, like, find something else to do. And so I yeah. moved into legal research and healthcare and all of that. And, I mean, I'm happy doing that. Um, I just wish I had a chance to pay this shit off. Um, the amount yeah. that I would need to be paid in order to make a dent in the, in these loans is, is way higher than what I'm going to get. I would need to be, like, a mm. VP of an organization or something to make that. And I don't have the experience yet to get there. So um, some, some of my anxiety is real and some of it is imagined. Um, so mm. one second. That was my Instacart, which I'm ordering from my office. So even during my lunch hour, actually. <laughs> That's to add to the level of ridiculous. Yeah. Well, to add to the That's... level of ridiculous, my husband is home today. <laughs> and I still maybe Instacart order because my life is in shambles. Hashtag working mothers. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I'm like, if they had Instacart, that was the first thing we did when we moved out here from Chicago. I was like, where's this Instacart? Pulled up my app. Oh, only one store. And then I think I told you they brought back the worst produce ever in the history of the world. I'm like, where did you find this broke-ass eggplant? Like, I don't understand why those I will. I guess I'll see when I go home because I picked a bunch of produce because I was, like, out of produce. And um, 
I'm like, oh, I got to get bananas and onions and stuff. And so I don't normally send people that I don't know to get those things for me, but whatever. I I'm like, go, yeah, I obviously so. my cart got picked up by somebody whose parents never taught them how to gauge whether or not a melon was ripe. I'm like, did you not dump this thing? thing? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> I hate you. Like, did you oh, not yeah, put your I got a cantaloupe. Well, I got yeah. a cantaloupe, so we're, we're just going to see. Um, we, we were talking see. before before we started this call. We were talking about the daily struggle of trying to feed children who would rather mm-hmm. not eat, and that's why I'm buying all of this produce. Is I'm trying to, you know, reinvigorate their love of food or whatever. And um, I just couldn't do chicken nuggets again. I just couldn't do it. And Girl. I was like, at least, no, but, but I, I mean, I go into it knowing I'm going to make the food and then they're going to be like, I don't want it. And then I'm going to be frustrated. Like, that's pretty much what always happens because I'm, I've worked the whole day and then I've either picked them up or I've rushed home ahead of them because um, Joe's picking them up, taking the dog out, gotten either changed out of my clothes or sometimes I don't change until they go to bed, make, throw something together. And then they come home, and it'll, oh, it's always stuff that they told me that they liked or things that they've eaten before. I'm not out here with liver and onions on the plate. I just want to be clear about that part. This is stuff that, you know, spaghetti and meatballs or um, grilled cheese sandwich. Do you know these children rejected grilled cheese sandwiches twice a piece? I don't even know days. what to do with that. Non-consecutive days. I'm not sure what, that's what I end up saying. Like, I'm not sure where to go from here. Yesterday, I got yelled at by a four-year-old, and when I say yell, I mean he was just being like, he was just emphatic that he was upset, and he told me that more than once, that, that like, I'm not happy, and he was saying it like that, but in a whinier voice, and he was oh unhappy my because I, I had sliced his pizza. Um, okay, so clearly in, they are actually related, because Ella's saying... Uh, this morning was, well, I'm mad. And I was like, so am I, but one of us is reacting to it and the other one isn't. I'm like, wait, are... He'll tell me, he'll say, I'm not happy. And I'm like, well, I'm not happy with your attitude. I, I'm just trying to figure out why this child has a belief that they will get to go through life without ever being mad or unhappy. I'm like, well, you better get familiar with the spelling a little bit because – like, I'm going to get philosophical. You'll never know what true happiness is if you've never been on the other side of it. I don't know. Oh, she's going, that was like, a... full on. <laughs> to which Ella like basically lesson. screamed in my face. And then, as as I told you, she had that full body roll where I had to, like, double hug her to not drop her, which set me off into a whole spasm of, I don't even think you understand how much leeway I'm giving your little ass, but... You know, love oh, her. Well, well, I, I went, I went into that whole lecture about like how some kids don't get a choice over dinner at all, and I'm offering it as a courtesy. And I could just see his eyes, and like the words are just whizzing past his face, and he's like, "This is too many words," and I pissed her off. But now it's too late, and I can't take it back. <laughs> and Girl, I don't, and like, you just go. I, mean, I don't know. 
Well, if it helps you feel any better, like, I do that, too. And Mike is like, you know she's not listening to you right now, right? And I'm like, but I'm in the middle of a very important point. And I'm like, yeah, this is, <laughs> like, in the moment that they are fully in the middle of emoting, they don't care about our logic. No. Why does it no. not? Logic it has no place. No. And I'm no. like, why do we, because, I don't know, because I don't want to, I feel like if that's my way of avoiding my own meltdown is to just start logicking at him. And I know it's dumb because I know it doesn't work. And I know he can't hear it. And I'm using words that he's, like, not familiar with that context. And we're talking about, like, you know, real-life applications of, of theory and this, this, this. And he's just, like, staring at me. But some of it sometimes sinks in. And he did, in fact, eat pizza later out of my eye shot mm-hmm. with his father. Um, but in the moments, when I'm in those moments when I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm just enraged. I'm just consumed with, like, confusion and rage as to why this is happening, especially especially when it's something that they told me to do, sets me right off. Like, when I ask, I, I offer a choice, you make a selection, I do the thing, and then you're you're going to sit there and complain at me for 30 minutes? Like, oh, oh, I'm losing it. I can't. I've literally, I've yeah. literally left the house in a huff. Like, I just could not take it. Because I, I was like, if I stay here, I'm just going to start freaking out. And I'm just going to start cussing. Like, that's what's going to happen. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave and drive around the block. Like, I just can't. It's happening okay. with less frequency now. But um, mm-hmm. it it was it was happening a lot um, in a in in like I guess like four months ago I guess it was happening pretty frequently where he and he was just going through it and I think he was like trying to find I don't know he was just trying to like express himself and feel yeah. some sort of power or authority over the situation because I mean it does suck to be a kid. Full stop. You don't get to decide when you go to bed. You don't get to decide when you wake up. You don't get to decide what you eat. You don't get to decide what you wear necessarily. Sometimes you do, but it's like a limited selection. And he was over it. And he was going through stuff at school. So in in his defense, like, he was having a tough time. Yeah. And I, I wanted to be respectful of that. But what ended up happening is I'm also having a tough time. So now I'm mad, too. Yeah, this is us. I'm like, I am basically thanking, like, the creator of some sort that I am getting an opportunity to. And I think if I had been, like, in a career where I felt very, like, tied to being on the top of my game all the time that I would probably be much more reacting to the stresses of dealing with our 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 little youngins and I'm sure you you probably feel the same way too cuz I'm like there's already so much energy that you express before you even get back home to spend time with your family that it it's like you're trying to push through uh, this, the wall, the barrier, you know, like you're trying to deliver the best of what's left of you. And then, and you, you know, you feel to some degree like you're hitting your goal until you get this, this big pushback and from uh, the kids. And then it's like, well, hell, I'm in a stress 
like now I'm in a stressed out situation, stress mode. I I want to give my kids the best thing that they could possibly have. They're screaming for something else. I cannot give it to them for whatever reason. We don't have it in the house. I've already committed to this, like whatever. And like we are, we're trying our best because I'm like, Lord, I think I am so patient and I do. I, I really do it. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, where is the line where I start to, because I'm like, right. look, this morning, Ella got threats. And I'm like, I've never, in my like Michael, like once every couple of months will be like, Ella, if you don't finish that, we're not going to go and do this. And then I'll pull him aside and be like, don't even make that threat because you know we're going to do it anyway. Like, and <laughs> so... Like, and I'm like, and then the threat becomes ineffective. Well, I definitely made a threat this morning that I would never in life actually do. But, like, it was such a, like, reflex because I'm like, yo, that's how I got handled when I was doing something just egregious. And I'm like, and now, and then I had to go back and apologize. Like, you know, that's, I I had to, because we only have three rules in our house. And, like, the rules in our house are, um, we we don't hit each other. We love each other. We respect one another, and we respect the house. Like those are the things that I'm like that we must uphold. Like, and we do. So at the point that I'm like making threats, like girl, if you don't stop hitting me, I'm gonna hit you back. I'm like, oh my god, like I am breaking my own rules, and so had to apologize. But she like. It, it kind of made me sad because I'm like, she stopped. And I'm like, oh, my God, a threat works. And I'm like, oh, my God, why does that work? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, my God, what do I need to do so this never works again? And then it just went mm-hmm. down a big spiral. And then I pulled out my medication and uh, and decided that it was time for me to take my anxiety meds. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, God, I have to go pick her mm-hmm. up later today. Ah. <sighs> I feel for you. Cause I mean, there's there's so much shit, there's so much shit happening at the same time. There's the like you said, like you know, I'm trying to give you the best of what I have left, and it does feel like a rejection. It that's something that I tried to work on. It's like not feeling rejected when you know they don't want to eat what you made for them, but they'll eat a pop tart or whatever. It's like that's just kid Girl. shit. That's just shit that they do. But I can't help feeling like. I expended the effort and I didn't have to, and I did it anyway. Why can't you tell how this is an expression of my feelings for you? Because they don't have a context of having, not having that. This is their norm. And so they're like, well, duh, you bend over backwards. You would kill yourself over us. Duh. That's to be expected. Um, Mm -hmm. We want more. I want chocolate frosting. Like (laughs) that is, the vibe oh my god that so morning then i get then i get so mad because i'm like this is so unreasonable you're not even asking for reasonable shit you're asking for like like eva wants three she wants three um lollipops every time i open the goddamn cabinet she's asking for lollipops i wish i had never bought these fucking lollipops anyway then, then Allie wants whatever the other thing is whatever the other mm-hmm. choice was by the time you serve him the thing, he wants the other fucking thing. And I'm like, I, and then at the same time, I have that, con- I have the context of when I was a child, and my mother gave me food and I didn't want it. It was mommy dearest rules. So every meal, 
until like subsequent to that for like up to three days would be the same meal. Like I think like because after a certain amount of days you're supposed to throw it away. Like it's not good anymore. But mm-hmm. she would, and I sincerely remember this with um, scrambled eggs, and her scrambled eggs were terrible. Ew. And it was, it went like I think it was like three meals where she kept offering it, where I was like, I don't want it. And no. also, I, I was never, I was like never hungry. I almost never, like I ate very little. But what I did eat was like kid shit, you know, um, cookies, candies, cakes, uh, peanut butter and jelly, that sort of thing, carbs. Yeah. Um, that was my jam. That's what I liked. And I didn't really like anything else. But I still to this day have foods that I don't like, don't eat, won't eat because of that. Mm-hmm. And so I've never done the, you know, eat it, <laughs> eat it or starve. But now we're in eat it or starve. Like, I'm not offering the same food for multiple meals. I, I Yesterday over at the pizza debacle, I established a rule and I said, this is the house, this is now the house rule with foods where if you don't want to eat it you don't have to eat it but just understand you're not going to eat again until the next meal and Mm -hmm. if that means it's lunch fine if that means it's dinner fine and if that means it's breakfast the next day that's just that's just what it's going to be we're not doing alternate dinner we're not doing snacks because that's what he normally does if he refuses dinner he will then ask for special snacks cheese and this and that and I normally give it because I just want him to eat like, I just need you to eat food. But I'm like, you're old enough now to make this decision as to what you put in your body. And I understand that. Mad respect for that. But the reality is I made what I made. This is what we have. Remember, you get what you get. and You don't get upset. So if you don't want it, don't eat it. Wait until breakfast. Mm-hmm. Ta-da, that's the house mm-hmm. rule. And he turned around and ate a piece of pizza later anyway. But I just wanted him to understand that there's a decision to be made and you're you're empowered to make that decision, but I am not doing, I can't sustain this. I can't sustain making a dinner and then Mm -hmm. you're going to tell me you want cookies and then me giving you the cookies. I was like, boo-boo's a damn fool giving these kids cookies after they wouldn't eat their damn dinner. What the fuck they think this is? Sometimes uh, I just look at them like, what kind, of, what kind of circus I, am I running here? What the fuck is this? Girl, look, who are you telling? I'm like, I look at this is like, okay, last night, well, we were all doing our little family activity stuff and, you know, having a good time, working on a little Harry Potter Lego set. Ella was being very, very kind, and she went to go get Rusty a blanket because she said he looked cold, and it was really sweet and everything. And, like, we knocked over a glass of water, and uh, she, like, went to the kitchen and, like, was grabbing towels to help pick it up and everything. And I'm, like, looking at my child. I'm, like, and she says, and I said, Ella, do you need any help? And she goes, no, ma'am. And she said, no, ma'am, okay? Like, I don't tell my daughter. I don't, you know, like, I'm, like, you, you get to address adults by, like, either, you know, auntie or uncle, if they're related to us or close friends to us. If someone expresses they like miss or mister, then we can do that with their first name. But I'm like, generally, you know, she's, you know, adults usually tell her out, especially out here, you know, white people, whatnot. They say, oh, you can call me Kim. You can call me, you know, Christy or whatever. And she does. And I'm like, she said, no, ma'am. And I, I'm really big on ma'am and sir, because, well, family's from the South. I was raised that way. And I'm like, 
I and then I'm saying I'm like girl butter wouldn't melt in your mouth you just so sweet like I just you just kind and then she wakes up this morning and I'm like oh my god you are Satan incarnate what happened to the child that says ma'am and then I'm remembering like it, it like I think in talking with you today it made me it finally clicked into me I'm like I need to one be more kind to myself but two now looking back I'm like I probably can be kinder in my memories for the adults that were around me because while I might react differently than they did because I remember how I felt being put in a situation where an authority figure, you know, pushed their will over mine, or I, however, now understand the how low they might have been on energy or willpower or even the ability to articulate their own feelings and, and, and or manage their own feelings in the same way that I am. Because, and I never thought, I absolutely had not thought about that until we were talking today um because i was like man if and where i i think surely in better places than maybe our parents were whether it was for happiness and resources um time management um internal happiness and so I'm like, oof, if any of those things have been, like, impacted in any way, for me, I know for me anyway, I'm like, ooh, I could easily be mm. a person that I, I a, a parent that I didn't like, I guess. And so I'm like, ugh, all right, now I got to go back and re- revisit some of my memories and make some edits. Mm. <laughs> and so well, this person, well, but not that, that many. Um, yeah, well, I mean, right. Well, I see things through a different lens, and in some cases, I see it a little bit worse um, because I, mm. again, understand like they're here because of blood, sweat, and tears, mm-hmm. and all of this, and they didn't ask to be here, and they don't owe me anything. I will say, I do feel like they, mm. like you know, I I deserve the same respect any other human being deserves. So don't be sitting here coming for Absolutely. me because you don't like you don't like my pizza. <laughs> but, um, otherwise, they don't owe me anything. I don't expect them to be like especially grateful for having the necessities of life, and that's not necessarily the way that I was raised. Um, but in that mm. that confidence course thing that I'm that I'm taking, she said something like that that I thought was pretty profound, and I kind of like tucked it away for later. And it was that you know, um. Because she was talking about setting up boundaries with with family or or like non optional relationships and and people who make you you feel bad about yourself when you're around them you feel like they're kind of toxic or whatever and she was talking about the process of developing boundaries and how scary it can be and all of that um, but that that maybe they just don't have the tools and you can't you can't keep allowing people into your life with the expectation that they'll change. Because they may not necessarily, it's not a reflection on their mm. relationship with you or their your value to them. They just don't have the tools that you have. So expecting somebody yeah. else to do the work that you're doing is maybe not necessarily fair. And maybe you're opening yourself up to additional hurt because you're like, 
oh, I'm crossing my fingers. This time they'll get it right. This time because they'll want to do more for me, they'll get their shit together. And they might not be able to because they're not where you are and they don't have the tools that you have. So that's just something that I stuck in my head. And I'm like, that's going to be applicable later as I review Mm -hmm. other things. So our lunch hour is way over. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's and the best note and it's to got, end on, and, too. Angelique and this goddamn job is always interfering with our calls. And <laughs> I know. Job, so. I don't appreciate it. I don't I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I don't know where they get off telling me that I need to actually do work. It's terrible. I, I have to go it. to a meeting. I rebuke it, too. I I would have until I told you I went back and, like, reviewed my total package, and then I was like, oh. Yeah, that's fine. <sighs> fine. Let me shut uh-huh. up. Let me get back to work <laughs> and act like I got some sense and get ready for second shift. So I'm picking um, I'm picking Allie up today. Cool. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's gonna love that. Like as, so, as much as he wanted to act a fool about that darn pizza and how it was sliced, he loves to see his mama. So that's that's a treat. That's a thing. And he's so I'll cute. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. We gotta All talk right. about their we have to talk about their social development and everything next time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's all the things. Also, like what happens when you're raising a pretty child, especially when he's male, because I've always I've had questions because I always call him pretty because he is and I know that's not like the vernacular that people typically appreciate you have no problems with it um because you recognize that he's no, a pretty child but there was but a, what there, does that mean there was a there was a cashier at target who almost like shit a brick when she realized that he was a boy <laughs> after she called him pretty and joe was like reassuring her that it was fine but she was like panicking um it's the strangest right and so I want to yeah. hear that perspective on raising a son who is actually quite beautiful and pretty and like so, yes, we have lots to talk about. No, because it's true. Nobody ever says that, like, you're the first person. Because I, I call boys, like, when they are pretty boys, I say they are pretty. And, like, I have seen people's faces, like, how dare you, ma'am? Like, I am insulting him, like, somehow or demasculize. Like, uh, well, right. It's, you're like, a, it's, a, it's considered feminine and, and gosh forbid, right? I'm, like, I'm not feminizing him. Characteristic. I know. He is actually a beautiful individual, so we must talk about this, too. So that's going to be an interesting thing um, that yeah. we should touch on in one of the next episodes as well. All right. I will. I'll put it, put it in the file. Have put fun at your file. meeting. Right. Happy Friday. Oh. Woohoo! You know it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to text you from this, let's be honest. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. See you then. <laughs> Bye.